2: Our house We're back. We're it's back. You're house. listening to ION Real Estate. I'm here in the Manhattan studio with Ace Wazupar, our financial expert, and Jerry Feeney, our legal expert. And by the way, you can't get this information anywhere for free. So I just want to thank both of them because really they give up their time every single Saturday. And to be here on Saturdays, want to say is we love it but it's every weekend and the information you can get when you call it would cost you a lot of money to ask any other attorney that and the financing questions so I just want to say thank you because they so endlessly give their time and give back um, because that's what we want to do because most people if they're if you have the right information it really will make your life so much easier, and there's a lot of things people don't take advantage because they don't even know. Because there's so much information now, that's why there's artificial intelligence. But this half of the show, we're going to talk about home buying trends that for 2019. Um, we're going to tr- talk about if you happen to go on a co-op or condo interview, what kind of questions. Ace is going to... We're going to talk about what happens to your mortgage after a divorce. Uh, and should I? What kind of a lease should I sign—a one-year or two-year le- lease? So let's just start. And again, eight six six nine seven zero nine six two two. And before I do the home buying trends, I just have to uh, finish my discussion on Amazon because we talked about Amazon mm-hmm. last week. And thank you for the callers who we'll all voiced their opinion. And I—we I, know it's a dead deal. It's over. We thought Jerry was like hoping that maybe. There would be a renegotiation, but there wasn't. And interestingly enough, the whole cause was basically they said it was because they didn't want prices to go up, right, if you recall? Yeah. And I want you to know that Jersey offered double the incentives that New York did. Uh, So uh, because that that was another thing, that New York should not have to have the – That kind of $300 billion, they shouldn't have to have that kind of incentive, okay? And Jersey came out and said, listen, we'll give you double the incentive. (laughs) Uh, I think it was a bad thing. I think it's going to hurt New York. I think it really did hurt New York. I think that people are misinformed because I just read a story in The Real Deal that said that they did a study and the prices did not really go up. So much, what
3: okay. of uh, the surrounding of real estate?
2: Yeah, uh, they they the real deal said that they did a study and they haven't seen any like big jumps. Uh, you know, this is when Amazon was considering.
3: Yeah, I don't think you're going to see it that quickly. I think you're going uh, to because that would be but a. But you're going to see it jumps. over
2: time. But you're going to see it everywhere. Yeah. Now yeah. the the same thing that happened with now Ace. You walked in this morning and told me that. Yeah. uh
4: Google is planning on um, going into Hudson City Yards and building a one billion dollar office by twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So
2: now, will that re- re- will that make the prices go up? Uh, in other Look, words, I, it- I think
3: I think any time that you bring an employer who has um, plans to you know hire thousands of people mm-hmm. at high paying jobs, by definition, the real estate in the market will get more competitive and prices go up that's a good thing that's not a bad thing that's a good thing but you know about the uh, the taxes and this idea that we're giving away money understand these are foregone taxes in other words if amazon doesn't come in there's not it's, there's not someone else sitting there that's going to pay all of those taxes for that property Correct. Uh, that w- that we're otherwise going to get so it's not that we're giving away tax money it's that we're agreeing that we're not going to receive these taxes that we wouldn't likely otherwise have gotten anyway. Now, some of them we would have gotten, but it's far outweighed by the fact that our citizens get employment and then they create other economic opportunities. It's it was just very short-sighted, I think.
2: And I just want you to realize that uh, I won't mention her name. But obviously, she's ill-informed. And if you're going to go out and profess people to do something, you should know the, the you should know the laws. And she thought it was cash. She's like, oh, yeah, we could use the cash for schools and building this. But, well, you don't have the cash. You don't they have the cash. They were incentives. Couch. So you don't even know what you're saying. And people followed. Someone who has no clue, and I'm sorry to say this. I'm not saying your name, but really... You can. You, everyone has the right to an opinion, and I certainly respect the opinion if that's your opinion. But at least get the facts straight. And of course, the people that are pro, that are that are happy that they're not there, are saying that it's not going to change everything, and it will not make a change. It will not make a huge change in the course for Queens. It that the neighborhood is not based on Amazon. No, it's not. Okay, I mean the the Long Island City has been there, and it's. You know, it's gone up, but it would have made a bigger difference. And, you know, you can look at that as progress, and then you wouldn't want to have any progress anywhere.
3: Right. Let's chase all the employers. I mean, listen, the taxing structure as it exists, as a small businessman, I am here to tell you, is not a friendly tax uh, atmosphere. I am constantly getting attacked by the taxing authorities in New York City, and it makes me sometimes say, you know, why am I in New York City? I could still do a lot of this work. And operate remotely. So, you know, it's it you combine the fact that it's a very high tax situation to It's the highest
2: in the United States of America. And if you drive businesses out and you drive the small percentage of people that make Mm -hmm. pay the majority of New York taxes, I don't believe you'll have anything left here. It's already the city's kind of broke. So I just think that you should have a right to your opinion, but you just shouldn't listen to people. Even myself for that. You should find the facts out and understand that people sometimes just listen to these Mm-hmm. Things that are yeah. so untrue, and I don't understand how this really works. But I can tell you, in New York City only a small percentage of people pay most of the taxes. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. lose them, you won't have money for anyone yeah. else. So that's I, the thing.
3: And I also wanted to add, I, you know, I think. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. That was uh, I meant to turn that off. Uh, I think Amazon uh, has made a mistake. By the way, you're so not going to find yes. you're not going to find the workforce that they need. In another city. They need to be here. They need to get our talent pool, you know, because that is something that we have to offer. So, you know, they should be reconsidering this.
2: Yes. And in favor of what I think they should have done, they could have been a little friendly and said, "Okay, look, we're not going to give you all this stuff, but we'll bend a little bit. And I don't I don't you know, I wasn't there. It didn't seem like that happened. But in any event, I do hope they come back. Yep. Even though, because they haven't bought anything yet, or they haven't gone to another place yet, so let's hope.
3: Yeah, good luck. Good luck finding. It. Go to yeah. go to Cleveland Yeah, see how you do there. Yeah, right. I mean, we love Cleveland. But
2: now, I told you that I would give you it's eight six six nine seven zero nine six two two the the trends that you can, that will impact you in two thousand and nineteen, and um, what we're going to see is rising home prices. Now, when I say rising, that's a word that you know you can. You could think it's 20. Rising I means they're going to go up, but um, they're going to go up slightly. Um, you don't want them to go up like spikes, like where they go up 20% or 10% and then they drop. They're, what they're doing is going up. It's a healthy market. You won't get rich overnight. okay? But over time, okay, it's a consistent market. okay? So, But you will see prices going up. They don't look like they're going down uh sellers will be putting more money in their pocket but remember sellers as prices go up your your buyers have to be able to make the money to afford your house so be cons- be cognizant if you raise your price Make sure that you have the financing in place and that you talk to someone, maybe at Element and have one of the mortgage people. So do you know what you can expect? That's why I, that what a buyer would have to have to be able to afford your house, even if they make the income. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm, I'm astonished when people try to do it on their own and they have no clue the person can look nice, be dressed nice. You don't know what their credit's like. You really don't know. So those are really important things, but you will see prices going up. And um, we just talked about it. This is and this is from Inman. Sellers press to pass title quickly, and you should consider sweetening deal by offering to pay some of the buyer's closing costs. We just got through saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A seller cares most about getting the largest return on their investments. Offering to pay closing costs can attract more buyers to the property, increase competition, and result in slightly higher prices. Okay, mortgage, interest rates. We, I guess you predict a slight rise. I mean, they're saying that they might not rise. Mm-hmm. Um, they might, but they're saying they, they haven't risen as they said they would have already. But if they do anything, they'll rise slightly. So if you're considering buying, you should put it off. You should do it now while the rates are good. Uh, don't wait till they go up.
3: And, and by the way, they, you know, we are probably not, ever going to get back to where we were at the very super artificially low That's right. interest rate environment. So, for those of you, like a client who said to me this week, I'm going to wait until it gets back into the low threes, I'm like, you know, the, that ship has sailed. Uh, think, these are really low rates still,
4: historically, right? Ace, I mean, what's a 30-year fixed? Yeah, it's, what are you, what are you do? it's 3.875. And Jerry, you bring up a great point. You know, I think for our listeners on on the show here, remember, two months ago, in November, the Federal Reserve had their eyes set on increasing rates, right? And it increased three times in a row. That's the why- reason why we're at an environment where the first quarter of this year rates are lower than they were in November, which is only two months ago, is because there's things going on that's keeping the rates low. But that's not to say that it will be... Um, consistent, right? So mm-hmm. you have the volatility of the stock market. You have the government freeze. And then you have sort of like still a little bit of trade wars with China. Once yeah. all of these sort of, you know, sort of solve itself, the only way that rates are going is up, Jerry. So you make a really good point. Right. This is sort of like the perfect time for right. people to jump in, because we, what we do know is rates are going up. For those of us that think rates are going down to the 3% range, that's not, not happening. No. You so, can expect high rents,
2: by the way. So if you're thinking of renting, that's fine if you want to rent. But remember, rents are not going down anytime soon. That's what we predict for 2019. Um, we predict a continuing housing shortage. So you're going to be have to be out there. You want to be qualified. You want to know what you want. And if you find the property you want, you want to make an offer and put your best foot forward. Yeah. Um, we expect... And exodus from the cities. And I think the suburbs, I told you, the suburbs closest to the cities because now the millennials are getting older and they're having kids. And so they, you know, they love to be in the city their whole life. But now they have responsibilities and they, you know, the private schools are expensive and they can get more space. So you'll see a lot of the millennials who were in the city move out to some of the suburbs.
3: Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I agree with that prediction. Is that Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, well, you can't. You have to make a lot. Of, let me say this, Jerry. Yeah, there are people that would have always lived in the city, but once you have two kids, pay for private schools, and have a small amount of space, and live on top of each other. Yes, if you have a lot, a lot of money, okay. Yeah. But we're seeing the trends in the suburbs, and I'm not saying hours away. But you, you know, some of the mm. suburbs that really border, like Westchester, Rye, you know, uh, Long, Long Island that border. Okay. Yeah,
3: I, I just I just have this perception that uh, millennials uh, are willing to give up space for um, convenience. I don't. Well, I don't they know are, right. but know. when yeah.
2: they're married and have two kids, yeah. um, you know, it's not that they're giving up space. Only you, it's hard to live, and then you have to add the private schools and all that stuff. You know, it's 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 a, it's a lot, and you'll see that they're you know when they do a survey and the average millennial is like now. 29, which is peak, and 34. You know, when they did it five or six years ago mm-hmm. and the average millennial was 26 or 27 and they were waiting to get married, they were waiting to have children because of the recession. Now, as you see them getting older, now, a lot of them move to the suburbs, especially because of money. Now, if you can okay. afford to live in the city, okay, but the city's expensive, okay? So you get more space and... uh Mm. They are willing to commute. Not mm. saying that they would rather, but they do want to live in small cities. They want to live in they they in areas that have amenities, such as shops, restaurants, A and entertainment. You know, yeah, right. That. So you'll find that they're building, the, the developers that are building outside the city, even in the city, they're building mm. little, like...
3: Well, yeah, smaller. Well, that was I sort of my point, is that, you know, because I'm hearing from... Some of these um, uh, people, uh, agents that I know that um, service these sort of big mega, you know, communities, mega houses that they're much harder to sell now. People don't want these huge houses anymore. Well, that's
2: true. But you're those are agents that are talking about the suburban houses that are mansions. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And I will tell that's you, they're not, as, they're not, they're not, the millennial doesn't necessarily need to have a uh, 10,000 square foot house in the suburbs right. that's yeah. isolated. But my, my point was they're, they are they are looking when they with the prices in the city, when they have kids to getting more space and buying a house in a good school district, yeah. school district house in the suburbs. And they could save the money on private schools.
3: Yeah, no, that I that that part. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and what I'm going to take a quick question and we'll finish this because it's a good there's nothing that works for everyone. OK, Yeah, yeah. Um, so and again, I think money is always an issue, too. Okay, yes, yeah, so you have to look at that. But before I finish doing this, let me take a quick question from Harry from Long Island City. Hi, Harry.
0: Hi, Dottie and company. Oh, Hello. How are you today? I'm Hi, good.
2: Harry. We're good. It's a nice I day. I have a
0: problem with a pump as I live on the first floor of a complex managed by Element, Oh. Uh, and that doesn't allow me to sleep. And upon complaining to the superintendent, he said he lives above the boiler as well. But he is able to sleep. Not only that, but the static is so bad on the radio that I'm very badly able to hear your wonderful program.
2: Well, what Harry, I'm glad you called me. Um, if you would leave all your information and, you know, where you live and give me a phone number or however you want me to get in hold of you. I will definitely look into this for you during this week.
4: Is Thank it a vibration? So and
2: Harry. Also, it, leave a good time to get you, or maybe a text, or so I can. I will definitely look into it for you.
3: Yeah, it's got to be. Thank you so you know, much. To, All right, Harry. You know, yeah. that'd be a way to look into that. Yes, know, I will.
2: I mean, sometimes listen.
3: It, sometimes there's nothing they can do, but sometimes there is something they can do, and we'll it can hurt.
2: Yeah, and if you listen, and
3: static. I mean, it static can hurt. We got to get rid so of that. So we'll
2: we'll we'll try. We will definitely try, and I'll get back to Harry. By the way, so what we're talking about the trends of today, you're right Jerry people. the millennials don't need as big, but if you but if you if you look at now as they start to get older, they're thirty fourth they're thirty five it's a choice. Do I live in the city and Live in a two-bedroom apartment, and let's not take these twenty million-dollar apartments. We're talking about let's take the average person that they, you know, that they make a decent salary, and let's say the average price in the city is. I don't even want to, you know. I I guess it's probably about a million, but you can find things in the city for seven, six, seven. But you know what? You can find in the suburbs for six or seven. A lot, so. Some people now if some people don't wanna commute, some people do wanna commute, some people don't mind commuting. Um I look at Greenwich and I look at some of the deals you can get in Greenwich and I can't understand you know Okay. But people want to build. That's the thing. The people don't want to be in remote places. They want to have communities. They want to be around things that stay open. So if you're a community and you're all voting to keep it the way it was in the 1960s, okay, because you want everything to stay the same and you want to close the streets down at 6 o'clock and then, you know you want the restaurants to close at 6.30, understand what you're doing to property values, and you never. People don't think that they want everything to stay the same, and that's great if people are the same. But the millennials. I'll let Ace tell you after the break what are the, what's the things millennials are looking for. Um, they like to walk too. Can you believe that? Yeah, they do. They actually like to walk. Uh, I think uh, the baby boomers, not so much. They like to take their cars everywhere if they could. We'll be right back. We'll finish this up at 866 970 9622. And then after this, we're going to talk about divorce and what that does to your mortgage if you get divorced.
1: It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866 970 9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman.
2: We were just finishing up on what you should expect, you know, for the remainder of 2019. Again, if there was any guarantee in life on everything other than death and taxes, then we would be all millionaires billionaires but so everything you know is a prediction um, there's no guarantees but pretty much it looks like 2019 is going to kind of just continue the way it is i don't know if it will be you know um houses are, you know all shapes and sizes are in if you're a first-time buyer uh you're going to get a single family home or an apartment i mean you just just it's a matter of getting the inventory because the inventory looks like it's going to be tight for the rest of the year. Affordability remains hard. So it's, the affordability is the thing that's stopping millennials and people from buying. Not necessarily, you know, how much they make. It's, it's the down payment. Uh, they say um, interest rates again. Don't wait till they go down. They're good now. Yeah. Um, Tax worries. The first few months of two will be reveal exactly how the tax changes are. Now, remember something. I read this somewhere last year. If you recall, when they only let the ten thousand is it ten thousand, Jerry deduction on the taxes. Uh um, I think it's 10,000.
3: On the ho- on the home interest? Yes, I yeah. think so unless you were grandfathered in. I think you were grandfathered
2: in. No, they in. let everyone last year pay ahead. You could Oh
3: yeah, yeah, for real estate taxes. For real estate taxes. taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So
2: that's why the city had a big plus in revenue. Right. Because Didn't everyone the city was paying. That everyone that was getting... paying ahead of time. Let you, me they guess, let they spent, spent do... it all,
3: right? They spent right. It all now they, now yeah, the now they city have a budget crisis. It looks like
2: they forgot about that.
3: Yeah, too bad they don't have, you know, Google coming in and, you know, contributing. But no, well.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, the bottom line is that, you know, if you're a seller, prices realistically, you know, just if you're making a deal, don't nickel and dime people. If their credit's good and they have a good down payment and it's fairly competitive, go for it.
3: This is good. This is good advice, Dottie. That you know, people have really got to hear because I see it all the time. You know, putting deals together, nickel and diamonds is exactly what's going on here. Uh, Come on, is this a good? De- is this a deal that you like? Deal. Like, it may not be the perfect deal. Don't sit there and wait for the perfect deal. Do you like this deal? Let's do this deal. Okay. Maybe you can squeeze another thousand out, or maybe you'll just scare them away and they'll go find something else.
2: Yeah, and Jerry. You How many must times see that do people want that deal back? Yeah. You must see that all the time when yeah. people just. I mean. Oh.
3: And I, I tell them they're doing it and they don't listen. How many times have you seen a client who said, gee, I want that deal back that was there a week ago? That deal's gone. It yeah. was there a week ago, yeah. but you were sitting, you, know, you were trying to squeeze an extra $10 out. Or you were arguing about the light sconces that cost $135 in Nantucket. Uh, and
2: don't do that, yeah. that's another show. But don't, uh, don't talk about personal property oh, until God. the deal is done. That can kill a deal. Um and that's a whole nother show. Yeah. Let, I told you we'd talk a little about and it's again eight six six nine seven oh nine six two two. Um I'm gonna take a question and then we're gonna talk about what happens to your mortgage in a divorce mm-hmm. as promised. Let's take Sue from Glentale. Hi, Sue, good afternoon. I think it's close to twelve, so good afternoon.
5: Hello, how are you?
2: I'm good. I'm actually good. I list-
5: I wish I could say the same. I'm a little upset over a bill that my daughter got for heating over $800. She rents an, a part of an attached house up in Westchester, <laughs> mm-hmm. and she doesn't know what to do with this bill. I mean, at this point, she doesn't have the money to pay this bill. Is wow. it electric okay. or
3: gas, or what is it?
5: Ele- uh, heating.
3: Electric, um, gas, oil,
5: propane? i well, trying to she, think what it is. I think it's electric. Yeah. I'm not even sure, to, s- t- to s- tell you the truth.
2: Sue, so does, she, does she pay separately, or is it like, you know, they all, you know, they kind of... No,
5: I think this is just her bill. Hers. And I know that the... I've been in the house, and it's not well insulated. Whoever built this house needed to learn a lot about building a house. Because if I sit in one room, I can hear water going from upstairs to the downstairs. So I know it needs insulation. But he's not going to fix it. No, I doubt it. What do you do with a bill that's large? Well, first of all,
2: you're saying that there's strictly hers. Even though it's uh, attached, hers is separate. Well, I would would call up the utilities. And I think you can, first of all, go on a budget program. I'm pretty sure that you can go on a budget program where... They kind of average out a number, and they and you pay that number every month, and so it's you don't get like spikes because in the winter your heating is going to be high, or usually. Um, you can call them and just question how it's and try to make a deal with them because obviously, uh, yeah, and then no, maybe look at you, and then maybe look at where you're. Where there's places that you can yeah. cut down.
3: There's something wrong with that. First of all, you got to.
2: Well, they're two people, and they're not in the house all
5: the time. He's in school. She's at work. My granddaughter is okay, at college somewhere else.
3: Yeah, you got. Listen, there's something. There's something wrong with that picture. Okay, but first of all, you got to figure out what, can, what it I, is. Oh, hold, 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 let me finish. You, you got to figure out what it is. Okay, you got to figure out whether it's oil or propane or electric or whatever, because there's different ways that they do it. Electric is sometimes estimated, because if they don't do the meter read. You know, I, oil is oil is as delivered. I doubt there's two oil tanks for the I duplex. I don't think
5: it's oil. But, I really yeah. think it's probably electric. Because I don't remember that, ever seeing an
3: oil truck. Yeah, then, they, then there's something wrong block. with a computer estimation on it. You can't eight hundred dollars a month in the winter for electric is is just you can't do it. You could run every appliance and every light. On in the That's in the her half us. of the duplex, and it's not going to happen. I mean, I I spend nine hundred a month on propane because I run everything on the propane up here. So you know, it, so it's very very hard to do. So I think this. And I know she
5: that. keeps it at sixty seven. Okay, well, so, uh, when they go out,
2: So it might be an estimation, and if it's an mm-hmm. estimate, so what happens with estimates is then they take it off in the summer or something. So I would have her call.
3: Yeah, got to do fact together.
2: So I would tell her to call as soon as she can, ASAP, because you don't want the bill to be late. So call, and if it's an estimate, you know what? It doesn't mean it's right, and usually they kind of average it out. And then if you pay too much, then down the road in the summer or something, and, they take it off.
3: And electric, but, I'm,
2: always,
3: yeah. I'm, I'm electric. I'm always wondering, Dottie, if there's a possible wiring issue where sometimes you're paying inadvertently somebody else's electric. I had that happen in an apartment. Did where you? The utility came, and I don't think it was intentional. I just think it was an accident, and I was paying half of the other apartment's electric, and they and they gave me this, you know, big credit back. So they'll uh, they'll figure it out. So but she should just call. Yeah, let's start with fact gathering first. So take a look at the bill, make sure there's not a balance carried forward. You know, your daughter may have just opened it and seen eight hundred and, and and didn't realize there was a balance forward from a prior month. You know, do some fact gathering first.
5: I, but, um, I am. I'm going to talk to her right now. And,
2: then and tell her it should, you know, tell her it might be an estimate. I, I'm not sure if it says it on the bill or not.
3: It will. If it's but I think it does. Schmitty, yeah.
2: yeah. See if it's an estimate. It might be just an estimate. And let us know that's how you make good. out, too. Thanks. And have luck, a great sir. weekend. Thank you. Thanks for a concerned mother. See?
3: No, that's nice to have a mother. Yes, it so
2: important. is. All right. 866-970-9622. Call us with any of your questions. So let's talk about what happens to your mortgage in a divorce. Okay, so obviously, when you get divorced, you can choose to sell your home. Yeah. And then you don't have to worry about the it's mortgage.
4: It's a messy situation, Daddy.
2: <laughs> okay, if, let's say you have equity in the house, <laughs> uh, and the house can be sold with a profit, and you both agree to sell it, then...
3: Because wow. yeah, I'm, I'm sure everybody agrees. And it's yeah, that
2: You know, then then you split the profit, and that's <laughs> the yeah. end of the deal, right? Yeah, so that's the ideal
3: you know, situation. Then you have dinner so. together and say, "Oh, it's <laughs> been so right. nice being married to you. Good luck with your new
2: right. lover." And, and by uh, the way, you know, when you meet someone you like, and I already met someone, <laughs> yeah. I've been cheating yeah. on you. So then yeah. <laughs> we'll all have dinner and we'll invite uh, me to
3: the wedding. Right.
2: Right. <laughs> okay. You know.
3: Oh boy. <laughs> that's right. how it works.
2: But so okay, that's the ideal situation. But yes. let's assume yeah. that's not what happens. Reality. Let's assume
4: <laughs> so a that student, one
2: spouse yeah. wants to keep the home. All right, and they then can they refinance the home under their own name in order to do this, or will they? Can they qualify? How does that work? Let's say I want to keep the house yeah. and my husband doesn't. So, so
4: depending on the on the uh, divorce decree, right? So let's say the person that decides to stay in the home because they want to stay with the kids, whatnot. They still have to qualify on their own to refinance, so that sometimes becomes a challenge.
2: So, if the wife, I don't just—that's biased or sexist. I don't want to say sexist. I don't want to say if the wife's not working, if the husband's not working, or the wife's not working. If one of them, if they don't show the income on their own, then they can't refinance.
4: That's going to be a challenge. Correct. Uh, well, so. it's
2: a challenge. Yeah, you know that's I mean? a challenge. So, all right. So, so if you're not in that position, you might have to. Try to be nice to your ex-spouse or soon-to-be ex-spouse and try to beg them. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, even if your name's not on the deed... you.
4: So, your name has to be on the deed for you to refinance, but most of the times, uh, most times when you purchase the home when you're married, both... Folks are in the deep.
2: Okay, and, and so. for those who want to be nice and say, "Look, I know you can't afford to keep the house, but we have kids. I want to let them, st- you know, I want to let them finish school in the house they grew up in." And you do the refinance, okay? And the ex, the ex-spouse doesn't pay the payments. Whose credit is that on?
4: It's the person that's on the refinance.
2: Okay, so remember that. Um, as Ace says, if you are going to be a nice person and you are going to do the refinance, so that for whatever reasons, it's e- but the, the other party is going to make the house payments. If they don't make the house payments, your credit gets yes, Jerry.
3: Should mm-hmm. you sign a
2: quick claim deed?
3: Um, <clears throat> well. That's not going to cure everything, I understand. The quick claim deed is only going to go to who's untitled. It's not going to affect the underlying obligation, right, the loan to the bank. And, you know, some people think that, you know, they've been relieved of everything because they've quit claimed the deed over to the spouse and then they walk away. Well, guess what? You signed the note to the bank. The bank doesn't care that yeah. you're right. no longer a We have, the have a break,
2: but maybe you could tell everyone at the break what a quick claim deed, deed okay. is and when it's necessary or when you're going to do it. We'll be right back, 866-970-9622. We'll be right back to finish What Happens to Your Mortgage and a Divorce? The place where I
5: the way love has
4: been for me <laughs>
1: It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866 970 9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO Dottie Herman.
2: We're back. We're listening to I on Real Estate. We're talking about divorce and what happens to your mortgage in a divorce. Of course, if you have any questions, it's 866 970 9622. And of course, we're saying look, if you can sell it and split the profits because you have equity, that's the cleanest way. Um, if you take over the payments, uh, to let, you know, the other spouse stay in and you refinance, which you can do, but then it has to be, you know, the person has to have the credit and show the income to be able to do the refinance. So if you're not working and you're the spouse that stays in the house, you can't do a refinance. You would have to let the other spouse do it. And then the other spouse would be liable for the credit if you should not pay. Jerry was talking at the, right before the break, on the quick claim deed, which is a legal way to transfer interest of real property. And you said you shouldn't do it, Jerry? Or? Well, I
3: mean, I mean, there are circumstances in which you would do it, but it doesn't always accomplish what people think. So let me just take a minute on terminology because I think it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, if I borrow money from you and you want proof that I owe you the money, the document is called a note. The legal term is a note. And I would sign a note. And I would say, hi, Jerry, you know, owe Dottie $1,000 because she gave me $1,000 today. That's called a note. And when you borrow money from a bank, which people loosely call a mortgage, what you actually do is you sign a note and then you give the bank, you sign a mortgage, then you give it to the bank, and the bank then takes that and records it and gets a secured interest in the house. So that means that if a creditor comes along later on and you go bankrupt or you owe, you, know, you get a judgment against you, that creditor has to stand in line behind the secured creditor, which is a mortgage. So that gives them a you know superior interest.
2: Okay, okay Jerry. Mm-hmm. Just for our listeners, remember that the deed,
3: right, and the mortgage
2: are two different things.
3: They're two different things, and and the deed is the third thing, also known as you know who's entitled. Well, right? the
2: deed is who owns the house. You don't
3: correct right. The, the, I mean, the deed
2: the, is who owns the house, and the mortgage is who owns the debt of the house.
3: Well. Right? Not exactly. No. All right. Well, then say the, the, the names, the names on the deed and the names on the mortgage always must be exactly the same. However, the person who signs the note, the maker on the note, can be just one of them. So, if if I am the person who makes the money in the in the marriage, right, I might sign the note alone, mm-hmm. meaning I'm the borrower. But if my spouse and I or in title are both on the deed then we must both also sign the mortgage to give to the bank the secured interest in the home so all owners of the home must give the secured interest so now we move on to the situation well we're getting a divorce and the lawyers say well we'll just do a quit claim deed what does that mean Quit claim deed is the lowest form of a deed that simply says that I Jerry, quit my claim, any claim I have in this property to you. I don't give you any warranty. I don't say that I do or don't own it. I just quit it. I could give you a quick I claim deed. De- that.
2: What do you mean? Well, I-
3: in other words, I could give you a quick claim deed to the Empire State Building that says I, Jerry, give up all interest I have in the Empire State well, Building. Well, you
2: should do that for me, Jerry. At
3: least. I will. <laughs> I will right now because I don't have any. So it's no—it's of no use, <laughs> okay? But if I have interest in a, in, a, in a real property, I own the house with you, we're married, I could quit claim out of my interest in the property to you. So I basically, my interest is just erased, but that doesn't do anything about the note or the mortgage, right? The mortgage and the note are still sitting there. My obligation to the bank hasn't been affected by the quit claim deed. In fact, I may have violated one of the terms of my mortgage by doing that, but that's another show. So, so it doesn't erase the underlying obligation which is I owe the bank money. It simply gets me out of title. And sometimes it's a bad idea because now all of a sudden you have no rights in the property. You can't compel a sale, right? But you're still the debtor on the note. So it's not it's instead of helping you you've actually really screwed yourself up by doing that. Yeah. So be careful before yeah. you do it. And a quick, he says he
2: sees it all the time and they're all fighting all the and all this oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And you know, so you really have to kind of so there so look what happens then if you can't afford to sell. So you know, of course because selling is the cleanest way to do it. Mm-hmm. Well then maybe you could try to rent the home. Yeah. Um if both you and your ex can agree on renting it, that's an option for a period of time.
3: Make sure um, the rent checks You can to continue
2: to live together and have War of the Roses. You know, put that line, you know, did you ever see War yeah. of the Roses? That movie, so, well, that's a little exaggerated, but let's hope it doesn't no, go but that you far. Know, I, but-
3: I think, Dottie, the, when, we, when we become king and queen, we must, everyone that wants to get married, before you get married, you must watch War of the Roses. You sit in a room together and watch oh, that, War of the Roses. That was wild. <laughs> required.
2: That was That was wild. But truthfully, I mean, some people do have to live together because they, you know, especially if they have kids, they want to, and, you know, you can save money. But what happens when they get, when it gets so complicated and um, an ex-spouse is not willing to sell the home, because we see it all the time, they don't let you in, they make it hard to show it, okay, Uh, you can never get in. Uh,
3: Divorce situations. Yeah, and this is
2: why it's important to consult a divorce attorney. Yeah. Uh, and he can help you understand your legal rights, and uh, but it's a good idea to not to finalize the divorce until your mortgage issues are settled. Yep, that's what yep. they say. I'm not a divorce attorney, but that's what I've read somewhere. No, um, I
3: agree. I agree.
2: Yeah, and it's and tough. don't
3: listen. You know, don't listen to the brother-in-law who says, "Oh, just sign a quick claim deed and you're all done."
2: And remember <laughs> something: if you're living together and you decide to buy a house together, or you're getting married, or you are married. No one buys things together with the intent of getting divorced,
3: usually. That's a good good point. All right? So (laughs) what you
2: really want to do is, and I know it's a tough issue to do, but it's kind of like a prenup. You really need to find out before you buy the house together and find out how a fair way before there's a problem. And maybe Mm -hmm. there will never be a problem. Maybe you'll stay happily married forever. But you should really have a way of resolving things before there becomes a problem.
3: Good advice. And you know what we find when we do these prenuptials or postnuptials is everybody, it's easy to sit down and work out what's fair when everybody's being rational.
2: Exactly. Mm
3: -hmm. It's very easy then. People say, well, that's fair. You did this and that's fair. The minute, by definition, if you're breaking up a personal relationship, feelings are hurt, people people have emotions involved, by definition, you're not going to agree on anything. Even if they say the sun rises in the east, you're going to disagree with them on it because that's just part of the natural human reaction, you know, when emotions are involved. So we do it instead when um, you know when people are you know getting along. Then we do something that's fair, and then we hope that 50 years from now we'll put it in the shredder when you're all sitting still together and everything happens in a lovely way. But unfortunately, a lot of relationships end.
2: Right. Pretty so maturely. my, you know, and that's with anything you ever do, and I know it's painful even like on a prenup, to say, you know, who's what going if? to you, what mm-hmm. if. But if you do it like Jerry said, then you're usually rational. And again, for those parents that have kids going to school, and a lot of times you're going to sign a lease, right? And there's going to be multiple children, okay, or kids. Uh, who's liable? <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly.
2: you know, I mean... So someone's got to be liable. So if you're signing the lease and your child uh, decides to have other people move in, I, I think you you would be liable, not the other people, right? Yeah,
3: exactly. By the way, I just heard that uh, <clears throat> slightly related to this with kids and signing a lease is that a friend of mine was having some behavioral issues with one of her kids and the school counselor got involved and. I said, "Well, what did they end up doing?" They said, "Well, they signed a contract. They did a contract with the kid." I said, well, "So, is that, did that work?" She says, "Yes, it worked like a charm." Really? They sit down now and they do a contract where they say, "Okay, here's the agreement. So you're gonna, you know, you can take the trash out on Tuesdays, and you're gonna walk the dog three days a week, and you're gonna keep your room clean, and then, you know, in exchange, we'll provide you room and board and, and you know, maybe some uh, allowance of ten dollars a week." And, and they sign it.
2: Well, and it good. really
3: worked. I thought that was kind of a clever idea. It I was surprised is? that it worked, but it re- I mean, maybe it was a one-off. But no, I was I'm sure idea. it
2: does for some. For some, yeah. it doesn't. Sit it's down like and talk else. to the kids yeah. and
3: put it in writing and say, okay. So to be clear here, you've said you're going to do this, this, and this, and then we'll give you a ten dollar. And if you forget that without, you know, I was reminding you, you forget, then the allowance goes down two dollars every time you forget.
2: Right. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And, really? and, and quickly, because we don't have too much time, the, should you sign a two-year lease or a one-year lease? And I guess the the, the pros of uh, the main perk of signing a two-year lease probably would be uh, Fixed rent. that you Fixed fix rent. the rent for two years. Usually yeah. there's no increase until the lease is yeah. over, so you're fixing the rent. And they the can't rent.
3: get you out early, earlier than two years if you pay it. You know?
2: Right. The largest disadvantage, of course is, uh, you know, you fell them and they can increase the rents a lot and then mm-hmm. you might have to move someplace else. And remember something while we're on leases, quickly, 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 if you're buying a single-family home or a two-family home or something, and somebody has a legal lease, not a month-to-month, month, a lease with somebody, and the person's now selling the home that you've leased, they can't throw you out. That's Right. Just just quickly, we have a few minutes, Jerry, just tell how that works.
3: Think of a I, as, if I own the property, I own 100% of the property for all eternity, right? Now, if I want to sell you the right to live in it for a year, I'm giving you a part of what I own. I'm slicing out a little part of the pie, and I'm saying, well, you can have use of this property for a year. You give me a monthly amount of money for it. I won't walk in in the middle of the night. I have only certain rights to enter this property. And after the end of the year, your right terminates. And then I continue my whole ownership. Well, if you do that, if you sell that, then just because you want to sell the whole house to somebody else now, doesn't change the fact that I've already given a piece of it away by leasing it. So that's how I think. Now,
2: we didn't really get to talk too much about student debt and how to refinance it. So, Ace, you want to tell them first of all how to get a hold of you, and then you can talk a little bit more about it next week because I think it's so important. And if your parents and you took it out, you can still refinance.
4: Yeah, we'll talk more about it next week, Dottie, but um, it's definitely a great program to take advantage of. The rates are as low as in the 2% range. So if you do have student loan, check your bills and give us a call next week.
2: And that's give us a call. You'll save a lot of money. Yes. Have a great week. Enjoy the nice weather, at least as long as it lasts. And we'll be here next week. I'm going home.